Chapter thirty five of Tell Us Another by Winfred Hurst, SDS. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. The Black Knight. It was evening. The setting sun that summer day looked down upon a different world from the one we know, yet the same. Newspapers, telephones, telegraphy, wireless and otherwise, and the thousand and one ways and means of twentieth century communication had not even been dreamt of then had they been part and parcel of everyday existence as they are now they would have been conquering space and overcoming time and hurling across the continent the news of the mighty deeds of the chivalrous and romantic king of england richard i the lion-hearted engaged in the holy crusade he had just defeated the famous saracen general saladin at the memorable battle of ascalon in which forty thousand followers of the crescent were slain Henry the Sixth was the ruler of Germany in those strange days, days of fair knightly valor, indeed, but of deeds of deepest, darkest treachery, too. It was evening, and in an open space in one of the rugged forests that ranged along the castled Rhine stood the Black Knight. He had laid his heavy armor aside. As he paced to and fro, eager desire was depicted on his features mingled with an occasional gleam of half-savage light that betokened a something akin to desperation. Suddenly, out of the densest of the neighboring thickets, there came another knight, grim, weird, silent, dark. Over his shoulders was thrown a mantle of the freshest blood red. "'Sire,' said he, as he halted, the black knight in his feverish walk, "'Sire, wherefore this solitary pacing alone?' "'What?' was the knight's answer, Art thou a stranger in these parts, that thou knowest not, of to-morrow's happenings at Goldstein Castle, where rules the Duke of Leofort? Nay, for how should I know, sire, having come to these parts but yester-eve? This, then, friend, hear the cause of my retreat hither, and if thou canst aid with good advice, assuredly will I reward thee highly. I seek no reward, the stranger rejoined. Speak. To-morrow, said the Black Knight, even at the vesper hour, there shall be a ducal tournament at the castle yonder. The knights from all the country round shall be there to vie each with the other in feats of strength and skill, and when all awards shall have been duly meted out, the bravest of the brave shall assemble together with their bows and their arrows, and the archer's contest shall take place. And hearken, stranger, to him who pierces the clover-leaf shall be given the hand of the duke's youngest daughter, the fair and comely Bernice. For that treasure I would gladly give my all. I love her with a passionate love, and I am here because I must win on the morrow, and in this evening air must make sure that the prize escape me not. And if it escape thee, friend, what then? What then? The black knight's eyes gleamed in impotent fear and fury. It may not escape me, man, for that prize I would sell my very soul thrice over. From somewhere there came a hideous, mocking laugh. The stranger with the blood-red mantle drew near, so near that his hot breath fanned the black knight's cheek as he grated into his ear. Thou wast have my advice. List, I can tell thee how to make thy aim as unerring as the thunderbolt that is hurled from on high to strike the rebellious blasphemer down. Come. With that he took the black knight by the arm, and they strode to a neighboring vale. The stranger pointed to an object beneath a clump of trees. It was a wayside crucifix, erected by the piety of the faithful. Upon a rude cross of hewn oak hung a wooden figure of the god-man in his agony. 
dost thou see that he asked in the strangest of whispers the cross thou meanest at that word the stranger shrank back and seemed to cower to the earth yes he said turning his face away with nervous twitchings friend let that be the target for thy practice on the morrow morn the arrow that thrice shall pierce that image shall win the hand of the fair bernice as mysteriously as he had come the stranger disappeared long the black knight pondered the arrow that thrice should strike the crucified that arrow should win heated passion would be sated if only thrice he struck it it what god or the image of his god deep into the night he pondered on and when morning dawned he took his powerful bow into his hand and chose an arrow straight and strong and placing himself at a fair distance from the wayside crucifix he stretched the bow and sent the arrow flying through the air it struck the head of the crucified there was a hollow sound then an ominous silence in the surrounding forest the morning breeze seemed strangely to moan and to wail again the black knight placed the arrow to the string and again he sent it flying through space there was a dull lifeless sound as it struck the feet of the crucified and even then a low groan came from somewhere the black knight staggered and paled once more he muttered hoarsely and she will be mine and for the third time the fatal arrow was hurled toward the image by the sinewy bow it struck this time it entered the wound of the side of the crucified for one breathless moment the very heart of nature seemingly ceased to beat cold sweat stood upon the black knight's brow as with trembling hand he pulled the arrow from the wound and as he drew it back lo there gushed forth the stream of purple blood and the eyes of the crucified opened and looked upon him in unspeakable reproach then a lightning flash came from the highest heavens and the black knight stood in the midst of an awful flame and even as it struck him down the stranger in the blood-red mantle rushed from somewhere and seized him in the grip of steel and the earth opened wide at the terrific crash of the thunderbolt's roar and the two were swallowed up in the dark abyss that yawned below all was quiet and it seems as though nothing had happened at the foot of the crucifix the grass and flowers were growing even as before birds were singing in the trees that sheltered it an awful thing had come to pass but had left no sign behind it but no at the foot of the crucifix lay an arrow blood had trickled from its point and down along the shaft and even as it had flowed it had written two words which words were the arrow's name and the words were mortal sin end of chapter thirty five